mixing it up. There we go. We're off. <laughs> That's a great start. That's a great start to what we're going to talk about today. Thank you for that. Yeah. Why does ACDC make me feel like I want to drink like a gallon of beer? Like, <laughs> I don't know why. Is that the wrong thing to say? Uh, is there some like Pavlovian connection yeah. that every time you play ACDC, you're drinking beer? They made a lot of good songs. They did. Mm-hmm. They did. And they kind of made the same song. Yes. They're, they're over masters. Over and over yeah. again. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a talent. That's mm-hmm. a rare talent. Mm-hmm. And well, got hey, great timing because it's all going to come together. We're gonna we're gonna refer back to ACDC a little bit later in the episode. Yeah. Anyway, hey, hi, Aaron. How are you? Hi, Matt. I'm okay. How are you? Um, I'm also fine. It's time for uh, episode seven of season nine, Soybean Pest Podcast. All right. Oh man, we got so much to talk about. It's going to be the best episode ever. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Uh, Let's start with number one: past activity updates. What's going on out there? It's been a while since we talked. It's been almost a month. You've been doing some things. I was doing doing some things. Um, So many things. Yeah. And I got a couple updates today from groups this morning that I uh, keep in touch with all summer. And some of the things I've been hearing about in Iowa include a mixed bag of armyworms. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So true armyworm, yellow-striped armyworm, and then some of its their close neighbors, corn earworm are active now and some of the army worms they're are sp- cousin yeah <laughs> and they're spilling over to soybean so because we had some really late planted fields this year some of the soybean um it was planted late june early july and oh. it's being defoliated by army worms normally we don't really think about them as being a common pests of uh, soybeans of soybeans yeah and, but they've been spilling over into some late planted beans and so they're very hungry and there's not a lot to eat in some areas, so they're doing some defoliation and causing some angst. So uh, have you have you seen this defoliation? Have I have you... not. It's been mostly in northern Iowa, but just a couple of the field agronomists and crop consultants in those northern counties are just talking about, you know, they're, yeah. they're seeing some of that activity. So it's a little bit beyond the questions about replanting or, yeah. or even spraying. Some of them have been replanted multiple times, so oh, it's kind no. of a sad situation. Yeah. Because of all the flooding that's yeah. occurred, and they're just yeah. trying to keep the ground cover on at this point and keep the weeds to a minimum, and so they're they're trying some different things and you know, not expecting a, a bin buster type yield, but yeah, yeah. So the yield potentials are down, yeah, because of soggy fields and late planted and mm-hmm. all. Um, but this is kind of a fire that burns itself out, right? I mean, once that generation of army worms passes through, we don't expect to see a return. Yeah, and it's you know it's pretty spotty. And soybeans can take a lot of defoliation, so I, I don't know if any of these fields... Especially, sorry to interrupt, but especially early in their growth, yeah, right? I mean, that's... in the vegetative, yeah. yeah. So they just, you know, when they're aggregated at the edges as they're trying to find new food, and so mm-hmm. the edges look pretty tattered. Um, but uh, some people are getting very excited about those. And then also potato leafhoppers. They're migratory pests that come up here, and, of course, people uh, that grow alfalfa worry about potato leafhopper, but they've also been spotted in soybean as well to a point where people are seeing damage well and wilting in, in or alfalfa kind of hopper burn? Oh, yeah in alfalfa, in alfalfa but not necess- but not in the soybeans yeah and particularly the more southern counties that are relatively more drought stressed yeah. than some of the northern counties and so the usually the cutting harvest interval can help with that a lot instead of using insecticides but just people are noticing again for alfalfa yeah right, yeah. yeah and for alfalfa but not not a point at which they're getting too concerned and 
and soybean. And then an ongoing pest the last couple weeks is Japanese beetle. We had relatively early silking and flowering throughout the state and it just coincided with adult emergence of Japanese beetles. And so they're out and about and of course they're a pest that draws a lot of attention because they aggregate at the edge. So people are noticing you know, some of the defoliation and corn silk clipping that is going on right now. Yeah, I've been seeing Japanese beetles in my garden, and, yes. um, especially kind of when I go walking around, uh, running in wooded areas, the wild grapes, you know, that skeletonization. But to be honest, it doesn't look like it's all that much. I mean, I've, mm. I've seen worse. This year, it seems like, yeah, they're oh, there. Oh, so getting plenty, plenty of rain. Yeah, right. yeah, it kind of slowed down, maybe caused some mortality in that soil. Um, in the larvae that were in the soil about a month or so ago. Yeah, because some of the trees in my neighborhood are looking pretty beat up. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, like the leaves have been totally skeletonized and they're dropping, so I see all these tattered leaf, brown leaves all over the sidewalks as we walk around. Especially on linden. Yes. Linden trees, they seem yes. to really jump on. a lot of those jump in our on. neighborhood. Yeah. Yep. yeah, that was a popular tree around mm-hmm. Ames. Uh, one thing about... Um, you mentioned drought, and I'm looking at the map from mm-hmm. the drought monitor for July 12th. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was a little surprised to see that that southern, maybe first tier, second tier of counties in Iowa is in a in a drought, or at least what they call yeah, they call it a severe drought, mm-hmm. um, a D2. Um, yep. That's kind of remarkable, given that in Ames and central Iowa. For the month of June, we had two to three times the normal amount of rainfall, the average yeah. amount of rainfall. Yeah, we're um, breaking records. Yeah, and we have a graduate student who uh, works for us who also uh, does some part-time work down at Sailorville Lake, and she said it was the sixth largest flood stage, or highest flood stage they've reached at the Sailorville Lake area. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we gotten a, we've received a lot of rain, um, you know, for central and northern yes. Iowa. yeah. So it's a little surprising to hear drought, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're you're right. That's uh, mm-hmm. kind of severe in that southern tier. So yep. Anyway, um, and and I guess with that, I'd ask any reports of spider mites. No, I have heard nothing about spider mites. Um, zero soybean aphid. So that's been sad for me, who's doing research in soybean aphid, but yep. uh, good for farmers. But they are noticing some really high, well, they are noticing some good populations of soybean aphid in southern and southwestern Minnesota. And so with their migratory nature, I'd expect to see soybean aphids coming into Iowa maybe this week or next week. Yeah, I've, I've talked with some of our graduate students, Erica Rodbell, especially who's done some uh, on-farm research looking at different aphid-resistant varieties, comparing them to susceptible ones. And she said, even on the aphid susceptible variety, nothing. Yeah, and that was but that was a couple of weeks ago. So mm-hmm. might start to see something if we're going to yeah. see anything at all. Yeah, I, I have one question for you. I'm wondering what you think about this. Since a lot of soybeans were planted relatively late, I wonder if that seed treatment is going to provide some protection in a time period that's later than usual. Yep, I would agree with you. And that's kind of interesting because if we do see an invasion, a migration from Minnesota, uh, the Dakotas, um, they may be coming to plants that were planted late and would have um, more 
neonicotinoid in them than, than usual for that time, for this time of year. Yeah, I wonder if people that are planting in late June and lo- June or July would actually include a seed treatment. Oh, that's a interesting. The, a lot of the people that would oh, do that are right. early planters right. because they want the fungicide. Yeah. So I'm not sure. At this point, they just want something in the ground. I'm not, And because a lot of the beans don't have to be treated until yeah. kind of just yeah. before, that would be something I'd be interested to know from like a yeah. seed dealer or something like that's that. That's really interesting because, yeah, you, I didn't even, you're absolutely right. And when you think about like early season pests that the seed treatment is going to do something for – bean leaf beetle right mm-hmm. and by june it's not it we wouldn't yeah. think of it as an issue because yeah. that first that overwintering generation has come out um it's already you know done what it's going to do and mm-hmm. you know now we're waiting on that true first generation huh yeah i think farmers are you know more concerned about the seed and seedling diseases and, and less concerned if you go later in the growing season. That's yeah. my perception. I don't know if that's reality, but yeah. it'd be interesting to get a perspective from someone who buys and sells seed. But anyway, the, the yep. point I was getting at is, well, even if we do see aphids, maybe we won't see much of them this year. Yep. But um, jury's still out. Yeah, yeah. We still got a lot of growing season ahead of us. So. Yeah, and then um, finally, just not related to soybean, but I've heard about some performance issues with BT for corn rootworm, especially in the northeastern counties. Uh, this is where they've had performance issues for almost 10 years, yeah. so nothing, not a big surprise, but some of the performance failures have been on pyramided mm. products, so they have two traits that Multiple target BT uh, traits, yeah, yeah. for corn rootworm, and so... Just to keep that in mind, too, it might be a good rootworm year. Well, let's uh, <laughs> uh, hope for the best. Pray for the... No. Yeah. How's that expression go? <laughs> uh, expect the word. Or, uh, I feel like George Bush now. Like we're, getting, we're getting a couple things. I the English yeah. language. Not my <laughs> first language. Huh? Um, can I give you a few um, little fun insect-related trivia stuff? Heck yes. Uh, you know, our uh, we are... Right. Sponsors is too strong a word. Friends? Uh, friends of? Um, supporters. On- onlookers? Supporters of FC Bug Eaters, that uh, new soccer team out of Nebraska. Um, I think I mentioned this a little while ago. They did a tour of Iowa. They played the Des Moines Menace. Law beat them two to nothing in an exhibition mm. game on June 15th. Then June 17th, they went on to Dubuque and continued their reign of terror, beating the uh, Dubuque Union four to nothing before returning back to Nebraska and continuing their pri- uh, initial uh, season in the uh, semi-professional league. So okay. way to go, FC Bug Eaters. Nice job coming in Iowa and kicking some butt, taking some names. Yeah. Um, oh, it's been a big uh, It's been a big time for soccer. I know you don't care, but pretty amazing. Fantastic final yesterday. It was Germany and Russia who were in the finals? No, oh. no. Oh. Uh, it was... Not really. Uh, I'm just kidding. I know it irritates me. France and Croatia. Um, fantastic Wee. game. Fantastic game. Mm-hmm. And it ended uh, with an award ceremony that was probably just as fascinating as the game. Because as it starts to rain and they've got the lineup of people getting the medals from the different teams. Yeah. Um, it turns out there's really only one umbrella in Russia. And that umbrella is getting put over Vladimir Putin and everybody else is going to get soaked. Wow, is it raining during this? Oh yeah, right, yeah, 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 really hard. And and after about fifteen minutes, you know, they got to the, they ran out to the parking lot and everybody, you know, got the umbrellas out of their cars and then they had umbrellas. But for the first fifteen minutes, only one umbrella. The big dog. Yeah, you can 
watch the video of that. Uh, I'm not making this up. Um, but anyway, that tournament's over, so now I'm looking for more things to keep my mind off of uh, the heat and the humidity. Mm-hmm. So I got a little fun insect trivia for you. Okay. Um, here's one for you. Uh, maybe I can play this in the background. You ready for this? So this is a theme song to a popular, was a popular TV show back in, uh, back in the day. Guess the TV show and the entomological title for this song. You ready? It's a game show. Yeah. And its title is insect related. Don't bug me. Um, bug off. Oh my Fly gosh. Or die. I now feel very old. Yeah, uh, that is the dating game okay. theme song, and it was performed there by none other than Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. And the title is to our listener, give him a second. Call in, call in. Uh, no, no, they're never going to call in. Uh, <laughs> Spanish Flea. 1965. Spanish, Spanish flea. flea. Yeah. Uh, is that what you really want? Bopping around while you're dating? Is biting, blood-sucking fleas? Better that. Well, no. Would have been better if it were Spanish fly? Oh. <laughs> Maybe Spanish fly was too risque. Too on the nose? Yeah. yeah it was the okay. 60s. It was a different time. Well, hey. Herb. What's herb? that? Herb. 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 <laughs> you say herb. I say herb. Is this a bit? <laughs> herb Albert. Yeah. Do you want a brass? Hey, but I believe there is a song. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't there a song by ACDC called Spanish Fly? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know is. their entire playlist. But. And it just so happens that ACDC played an integral role in a recent Research publication title. Isn't it weird? This is really weird. This uh, brings us back to our intro music about yeah, 10 minutes ago. Yeah, we're going to bring it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in a original research publication in Ecology and Evolution, authors Barton et al., Brandon Barton et al., out of uh, Mississippi State University, my new favorite university well, yeah. outside of Iowa State, um, Conducted a project titled Testing the ACDC Hypothesis, colon, Rock and Roll is Noise Pollution and Weakens a Trophic Cascade. I mean, is this the best research article you've read in a long time? I mean, just like completely novel. The best ever. Best ever. And to bring in the ACDC Hypothesis? Who knew? I mean, I didn't know. Well, now you know. And and basically, they they start this, this article by saying... Humans make a lot of noise, and it interferes with animals. But most of the research has been done with vertebrates, and mm-hmm. so why not use insects? Why not? I say... The only odd part was yay. Mississippi State decided to use soybean aphid as one of their important species of interest. Why, why did they pick soybean aphid? Um, I want to know. I, soybean, you know what? Soybean aphid and a predatory lady beetle. If we were a, a new... If we were journalists, we'd probably call up Martin and ask him. No. It's his not. lab, and he has a nice website and all that. 
Yeah. Why soybean aphid? But other than that, I, I just let go and just re- read the paper. Did you? Did, fantastic paper. Mm-hmm. Fantastic paper. Because uh, one, it starts with a quote from um, ACDC. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. Rock and roll never, will never die. Yeah. Which is, you know. How did they get a quote in a scientific pub? Because they're all awesome. Do I think that? we all should have that. Rock and roll will never die. So, I mean, this, as, as kind of silly as it sounds, this is actually a, a real thing. And in some cases, it's thought to be a very serious thing that anthropogenic, human derived pollution is. Uh, um, uh, problem for some environments, and we don't usually think about sound as a type of pollution, but uh, sound has been shown to affect a variety of environments, especially aquatic environments. You think about whales and things that use you know the um, sonar to find their way in the dark. Um, yeah, bird you, songs get disrupted. Yeah, by, if you rely on sound to find food and mates, and all of a sudden you can't hear anymore. Yeah, or yeah. it's 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 jumbled up with other types of sound. However, you stay you get hungry. Didn't I mean Beethoven got through it, right? Oh, yeah. Roger uh, Roger Daltrey, the Who. I mean these guys got through it, but yeah. they weren't maybe at their best with that yeah. sound. And yeah. anyway, you it is cool. This article took a entomological perspective, mm-hmm. and and they laid out that you know we don't usually think about sound as a uh, stimuli that insects rely upon, but there are several cases, well, you know, crickets and, and mating calls, and there are some cases where predators use the vibration of the herbivorous pest on the leaf substrate to help them find the prey. And Because it, it wasn't just the song, it was the volume of the song, right? They played it relatively loud and then soft. Well, uh, so they, they asked three hypotheses. They, you know, the first one being, is the sound affecting the plant, right? Uh, and there's some evidence that sound can affect plants, mm-hmm. and they cite that in their intro. They also note that some herbivores can be disturbed by sound, right? So aphids, the herbivore in the system, soybean, the plant. And then they bring in a predator, Harmoniax aritis, the multicolored Asian lady beetle. And this is where the the title of the paper comes in. They have a trophic cascade. They've got a natural enemy, a predator, a herbivore, and a plant. And so they can look at how sound affects that interaction, right? And what they found was that the plant wasn't affected by sound, the aphid wasn't affected by sound, but the predator, the lady beetle, was. And they did, I thought this was really cool. They looked at a variety of sounds of course they listen to ACDC. Because if you're going to listen to the sound... Well, it has the words noise pollution right in the title. So, I mean, done. you know, it's 1980, the last track off of their seventh studio album, Back in Black. Some might say the best. Yeah. After the loss of Bon Scott, you know, I mean, they life just, had to go They on. played it on repeat, or shuffle. I forget what they did, but they just kept black cranking Back in Black and... Those lady beetles did not appreciate it. No. And then they played some other sounds. They did what they called urban sounds, yeah. a mix of human-derived sounds from an urban environment. Um, they had a rock mix that wasn't just, um, what do you call it, ACDC. Yeah. Um, and then they had another uh, musical group, specific musical group, Warblefly. Did you look up Warblefly? No, I didn't. Uh, kind of like a... Um, country rock band with a lot of strings. Mm, uh, more soothing. 
No, it no. was, was kind of upbeat. Oh, okay. Kind of like the luminaires, you know, if they, uh, if they actually had a pulse. Hmm. Anyway, uh, it wasn't just ACDC that caused okay. the problem. It was, and, and the urban sounds and the rock mix affected the number of aphids eaten uh, on plants with and without sound. Yep. And when they turned the ACDC down, they reduced the volume, the effect went away. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's an amount of sound, but it's, it also seems to be kind of the quality of the sound as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, I mean, it makes sense to me that the country mix didn't affect the aphids. I mean, they're out there in... In, in the country. Yeah. Yeah, they're used to it. They're, you know, those lady beetles are fine. Yeah. But that's interesting. You know, so we're having a little fun with this. Then the next question, I guess, is how much of this actually affects, you know, the real world? Yeah. And... Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question because the system that they picked is one where anthropogenic noise pollution is probably not that big a deal, and I where most of soybeans are grown. Yeah, but then you think about sometimes the intersection between urban and rural. Sometimes fields are butted right up against where people live, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the amount of traffic that can go through there. Not only the volume, but like you said, the vibration. I don't know if that would be enough. I mean, I don't think it is, but at some point you think maybe living by an airport or something like that, yeah. you know, I mean, it could yeah. be distract, destructive yeah. enough. And that's an interesting point because uh, where invasive species tend to arrive, you know, of course they come in on ships, but they've mm-hmm. also been known to come in in airports. Mm-hmm. And if you're establishing a population in an airport with a lot of noise, and that noise didn't affect the herbivore, didn't affect the plant, but it did affect the predator, which would suggest that, yeah, it probably makes that environment even easier for invasive herbivores to establish and spread. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bummer. So soybean aphid likes ACDC. Can we say that? I don't, I don't think we have evidence to say mm-hmm. whether it likes or dislikes. I think all we can say from this is that um, mom was probably right probably didn't get our best work done when we were blasting ACDC through the headphones because yeah. that was a distraction, mm-hmm. right? Um, because... Hell's bells, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, you know, on harmonious side, it's a destructive insect. I would have thought it would have enjoyed a little aggressive, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mm-hmm. heavy metal rock. Turns out it doesn't. It likes that country mix. It yeah. likes that warble fly. <laughs> So we'll put a link to this uh, yep. Barton et al. 2018 paper. Yep. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing this article, Matt. Well, fun. credit to our newest PhD student, Evair Valmorado, uh, who found it and shared it with the lab. That was kind of fun. It was fun. Um, and uh, any upcoming events? Um, I'm hosting the student exchange with the University of Costa Rica for the next 10 days, so I'm going to be all over Iowa the next couple days um, showing them what agriculture in Iowa looks like. It's a big difference from what they're used to. But uh, And then I have a couple field days happening in July and August at FEEL. Okay. But they're mostly private events, so, you know. So any public events? Not really. No. How about in September? You've got a couple things with PFI. We have and... that. I think it's September 6th with PFI. And okay. we're going to be at a farm in northern Iowa showing off host plant resistance for soybean aphid. All right. Yeah. So that's something to people could pencil in if they want to catch Aaron yeah. and crew. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I have anything. I'm kind of locking myself in trying to get some writing done. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That's about it. All right. Uh, so you know where to reach us. You can Google us at Soybean Entomology. Erin is constantly on the Twitter. She loves sending out the treats. The tweets. The tweets. <laughs> the, the Twitter treats. Twitter at Erin W. Hodgson. Uh, please, if you have any questions, you want to drop a comment, you want to share your favorite ACDC concert experience, mm. send it to us at O'Neill, O-N-E-A-L, at IASTate.edu, or Aaron's E-W-H at IASTate.edu. Of course you can subscribe. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Please do, especially at, since we're kind of irregular. Yeah. <laughs> Who else would know about this? At iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Pocket Cast. You know, a fun fact, oh. ACDC was my first real concert. Oh, was it really? Yeah, well, oh, I was an undergrad at North Dakota State University in Fargo. Good concert? Excellent. Excellent. Or maybe it was the gallon. Well, you know, it was, it was a good concert. Let's end it on that. Yeah. Okay. All right, thanks. See you next time. <laughs> Bye. Good, good sense. Good sense. Yeah, let's go.